0: All the things that happened within that scenario, I know that I needed to leave Los Angeles in order to also cultivate and create new things for myself. It opened up that opportunity of just having some quiet and some space from my other day-to-day because I was working six days a week for eons when I was there and I couldn't just jump into that when I came here. And so it allowed me to start to hibernate and you know, have this metamorphosis. And so I'm so grateful for that. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host,
1: the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, sexuality, entrepreneurship. Happy July. It is July 4th today. Happy independence, guys. Those of you that are listening in the US, and happy July 4th to everyone else. <laughs> my dogs are going to be freaking out shortly because they get really freaked out by the fireworks, which isn't that bad where I live. But it, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of big fireworky places, fireworky firework places, firework shows near my house because I'm in the middle of West Hollywood. So, but it's summer. It's been, I'm really been enjoying the summer vibe of just like slowing down a little bit which is hard for me, but I have been doing it. I've been forcing myself um, and it feels good. It feels really good. And my son helps me do that because <laughs> he definitely is in that I'm not in school kind of vibe. Like I can, you know, everything's a little bit looser and and it's really nice, you know, that's it's lighter, longer. And so I'm leaning into that. Let's see. So this month's give is I'm going to, I've I've worked with them before, so I'm going back to um Every Mother Counts again. <clears throat> June July's give. Sorry, I have a like a little frog in my throat. I'm going to take a sip of water. Mhm. Yep, and I'm going to leave that in the intro cuz that's real life. Hydrate thyself. Every Mother Counts is an exceptional organization. I'm so impressed with everything they've been able to accomplish. They just did this thing in 2018 with the White Ribbon Alliance to Conduct this the largest survey ever about with women's opinion on their sexual and reproductive health needs. They wanted to discover what quality healthcare means to one million women and girls around the world. And then they created a detailed advocacy agenda. 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 That was a Freudian slip. um, Agenda to to realize those demands. So anyway, you can read more about it on their website. There's a link to their website on my website. Every mother counts. And as always, you can either donate to them directly through either of those links, or you can write a review for Milf podcast on iTunes. And I will donate $25 for each review in the month of July. Our live show, you guys, is three weeks from yesterday. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm kind of freaking out with excitement. I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't been on a stage in a little bit, (laughs) but it's like home, so it'll be just fine. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, it's going to be an epic show. Please get your tickets. There's a few spaces left. You can, there's a link on my, I think there's actually a pop-up on my website, milfpodcast.com. If you go there, you can just buy the tickets right away on any of your devices, your phone, your tablet, your computer, or you can go to dynastytypewriter.com and buy them there. And today's guest, is the lovely Tiffany Chambers. Tiffany came to me through our dance community and I'm so glad that we connected because our talk was just epic and I have so much respect for her as a mom and as a movement therapist, like what she does is really profound. So she has all of this experience, like a wide, wide, wide range of experience and certifications and she really understands The body on a physical level, a cellular level, a spiritual level. And it's amazing how she integrates all of those things into what she does now and also into being a mother and mothering her children, which you'll hear a lot about in our conversation. So thanks so much for listening guys. And I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you. I really appreciate the listeners of this podcast because it just makes me want to do more and more and more of it. When I get messages from you guys about how an episode really resonated with you, an episode about how, you know, something made you laugh, made you feel less alone. Like, this is why I do this. I'm so grateful to all of you. And I'm so grateful to my team that helps me do this every week because I couldn't do it by myself. And I'm just super stoked that I get to keep doing this because it's really fun. (laughs) It's really, really fun. Please enjoy my conversation with Tiffany Chambers. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. So you are an S-factor woman. You're a pole woman. You're a yoga teacher. You're a healer and a practitioner from what I'm gathering.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm so glad you reached out. I love that. And tell me kind of, I want to just start from the beginning. Like, where are you from originally?
0: Uh, Originally, I was born in Wisconsin. I was born in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And at the age of about just about eight, uh, I took the train for three days to California to Santa Barbara. And I was raised for the most part in Santa Barbara with my mom and my sister and my grandparents, my mom's parents. Uh, we all moved in to my grandparents' house when I was eight, and that was a whole other scenario. <laughs> and and then um, I moved to San Diego for a year of college. I moved to New York for a year of college. I had panic attacks in New York and ran away and mm. came to L.A. Mm. Uh, for more college. I think I, I had way too much college. <laughs> and. Yeah. And landed in Los Angeles for a good twenty uh, five ish years, and wow. yeah, and just um, just under a year ago, moved to Portland, Oregon, with my my family, my littles, and my husband.
1: And do you love it there? Is it no. just feel? You don't. Oh my gosh, no. What? Tell me, are you coming back to L.A.? (laughs) I
0: you know, there's a part of me that would love to come back to L.A., but my husband will never move back there. He's from Vermont originally. And he was dying. He was he was dying in Los Angeles. And, you know, it took me a long time to fall in love with L.A. Um, It took me a long time. And then I finally got to the place where it was my home. And so. It was very difficult for me to leave for a myriad of reasons. I mean, my my built in chosen family and my clients, uh, you know, of ten, fifteen years, and mm. um, which are all very intimate, you know relationships. and so it was very it was very difficult. but I was willing and excited to have the adventure to come to Portland and see what it was going to be. And I really wanted to raise my kids. Both of us wanted to raise our kids in nature and away from a lot of the culture of Los Angeles and We have one specific daughter who um, L.A. just seemed like it was kind of broken glass for her. It was too sharp, Mm. too much stimulation. Um, She has a lot on her, um, I think epigenetically, she has a lot that's going on with her. And so we needed to get her into a place where she had space um, Mm -hmm. and wasn't so confined. Also, because in L.A. we had a smaller home. And in Portland, the thing that's beautiful about Portland, you know, is that obviously the trees and the nature is stunning and we can have a space that's large, which we couldn't do in L.A. But I am a girl of the sun, and which is uh, why I had panic attacks in New York. I had two times where I was like, I have to leave right now. And I just yeah, got yeah. on a plane and left because I can't I couldn't see the sun.
1: Is that your experience there? I've not spent much time in Portland, but I know it's at Northwestern place where generally the sun doesn't come out too often. So is that yeah. And no, it's, it's not as rainy as Seattle.
0: It's pretty rainy. I mean- Is it? Okay. It's pretty rainy. It's very gray. You know, we're just coming into spring, thank God. And so I'm starting to get some reprieve. And, mm. you know, this is only my first year.
1: Oh <laughs> my gosh. This is only my
0: first year here. And I don't think we're staying because I don't I don't think I can do it. And so Where have, would
1: you move? What about, I mean, I'm from Denver. Oh, you, yeah. Know you know, we left would... at
0: Boulder. and Okay.
1: Which, yeah, Boulder's better. Boulder's better.
0: <laughs> but- yeah, but it also wasn't quite right either. And there was yeah. very clear reasons why we moved here. We needed to have the experience. There was a lot that unearthed itself when we made the move and um interesting.
1: Yeah. Like what? Like give me one example.
0: Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically in our route uh to come here, my husband is an animator and illustrator. He's incredible. He's brilliant and he booked this, um, this beautiful Eric Clapton music video gig on our drive oh from Los Angeles to Portland. And he's like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to go to work when we get there. So we got here and I was immediately a single parent moving into to this house by myself. And not only that, but he, had, he was doing stop motion animation. So the set was being built at our house. So before we were moved in, I had five people in my living room. I didn't have a couch. I didn't have anything for like five months. And I just have all these people around and everyone's in the space every time, you know, they're in my garage all night, all hours of the night, you know, all of that. Like it was just madness
1: when
0: we first moved in. Yeah, but all the things that happened within that scenario, I know that I needed to leave Los Angeles in order to also cultivate and create new things for myself. It opened up that opportunity of just having some quiet and some space for my other day to day because I was working six days a week for eons when I was there. And I couldn't just jump into that when I came here. And so it allowed me to start to hibernate and, you know, have this metamorphosis. And so I'm so grateful for that. And then I want to leave. <laughs> I want to yeah.
1: go. You're like, and check, check, got <laughs> yeah. the metamorphosis. We're out. And
0: out,
1: yeah. T-dog is out.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, wow, that's awesome. And also, congratulations. Like, it takes such bravery to do that, especially mm. with, you know, small children and just like to go for it. I think that's so great and brave and, you know, wonderful modeling for your kids, like mm. all of it. I think that's so exciting. And i, I I'm, I have. Just in talking to you for six minutes, I already have total knowledge that you guys are going to land in some fabulous, sunshiny place. Oh, I'll take um, that. <laughs> so how old are your kids?
0: Almost eight. She's uh, Maisie's just a couple weeks shy of eight. You just have one little girl. I know I have a son, Griffin. Oh, you have a son? Yeah, who's five. Griffin, yeah.
1: Griffin. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So eight and five. Yeah, that's hands full. There's yeah. no stopping. Yeah. It's constant. Yeah. And so when you had them... You were here in LA, Mm -hmm. working six days a week as a mom and a wife. (laughs) Yeah, what was that like? And what were you doing at the time?
0: Uh, I'm a movement therapist, which puts a big question mark over what does that really mean. You know, I work with emotional and physical trauma in the body by modes of many different ways. So I was a body worker for 15 years and a yoga teacher for 15-20 years, and became a yoga therapist and erotic movement dancer. And so I I work with connective tissue, fascial adhesions, uh, and through physical therapy, joint mobility work, and um, ball therapy, and um, the erotic movement kind of depends on who's in front of me. But I did, I've been doing all of that. Um, I did it six days a week up until the day that I delivered actually Maisie. And not my intention. I mean, God, I wish that women really had the ability, the time I wish society were built where we could go out into the woods or nature for the entire gestation period, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and really be able to birth in that way. Um, But she was, you know, two weeks earlier than we thought she would come. And I was going to stop two weeks before, not that that's any amount of (laughs) buffer really for a (laughs) mentoring parent. But that's not how it went. And I did a home birth with both of my kids. And, you know, it was that was amazing. And thank God there were no complications. And I was able to do, you know, do the plan that I had wanted, you know, which was to be at home. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because there were so many people in my life who just thought it was going to be a breeze to labor for me because of where I am embodied, you know, physically. And it wasn't that, <laughs> you know, <I> was, <laughs> it hurt like hell. And I don't know mm. how so many women tell me that they've forgotten the pain. Like, I've never forgotten the pain of what mm. it was to labor. It was mm. so incredibly mind boggling to me. And and it's so layered, of course, too, because it's it is confronting everything that you have ever gone in your life. Um, In that moment, you know, Mm. and
1: wait, 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 we got to go into that. That's juicy. So Mm. what does that mean?
0: Well, I think the sea of women that we come from, whatever lineage I come from, my relationship with my mother, which has not been a very difficult relationship, and that is a lineage that runs in my family, a very kind of painful mother daughter relationships. And the act of birthing and knowing that also in that moment that I was birthing a daughter, I was terrified Uh, that I was going to recreate the same scenario. And I knew from a very young age, I was four when I remember sitting in a field in Wisconsin and I felt like being a mother was my chosen like the biggest thing I was ever going to do in my life At four
1: years old you know? Yeah, it it's
0: really that's weird. profound yeah it was bizarre but I felt like okay I know that this is the biggest thing that I'm going to oh, do I just
1: got chills everywhere wow. that's so amazing
0: mm. and I felt like I then needed to watch everything from a third person uh. of what not to do what to do. Like what, what am I needing? You were taking notes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I was totally taking notes. And then I gave birth to a daughter who is very similar to my mother and, and similar to me as well, you know, um, but times 10. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked a little uh, on a podcast before, you know, about my daughter and, and, If she is to listen to this at some point when she gets older, it's really important to me that she understands that for me, this is sort of my love letter to her. This is our love story. Mm -hmm. And even though it is painted in, you know, I would say darkness, (laughs) painted in, uh, there's a lot. It's just heavy. There is a lot there. And we are both learning together constantly. But it's so massive. It's bigger than anything that has ever come across my plate. And I just don't ever want her to think that I love her any less or I think any different of her. I believe that this was our path. This was our journey, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's why I had that inclination at four that I knew that the something big was coming. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful and deep and profound. And it just really, when you said, and I'm paraphrasing now, but you said, um, that the birth, giving birth to her was a confrontation of everything in you that came before or in your lineage and everything. And I just feel like, yes, I mean, I can, I just, yes, and that mm-hmm. for sure. Because for me, giving birth to my son was like being ripped in half. And I was essentially, I had third degree tearing. I was mm-hmm. ripped in half mm-hmm. and physically, emotionally, spiritually, just ripped in half, but burst open. Mm-hmm. and it, there was all this, like, puzzle pieces splattered all over, you know, for me to go, oh, wow, this is a treasure map that some of those parts are really scary looking, Yeah, but, you know, it's going to take me a lifetime, really. But I would say the first five, six years of his life, I finally had a puzzle that I was like, oh, that's the picture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to be okay. Like, I mean, that's that's maybe not the best analogy, but I'm just saying I really relate to that feeling of, and so agree with, you know, all of the things like whatever, I didn't work out with my mom and she didn't work out with her mom and she mm-hmm. didn't work out with her mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is real and cellular. And yeah. I'm sure you work with that with all your clients. Yeah. It's profound. It's profound, and we're just never the same after we have that experience. So, no. and yeah. thank
0: God. I mean, thank yeah. God that we're not. And yeah, but epigenetically, that conversation is so enormous. And we're, so, what we're...
1: does that mean epigenetically? I've never heard that word before. Oh,
0: so it is. It's passed down trauma on a cellular ah. level. So it was studied originally. It was studied with Holocaust survivors and with oh. like the great grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, and how they carried in their DNA the same trauma. It's fascinating.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes so much sense.
0: Of course. Yeah. But it's, you know, my daughter, when Maisie was born, you know, I had a really, I mean, even though, you know, sensory wise, it was so massive. I broke my coccyx and that didn't hurt at the moment when I broke it. You know, I just, it popped and I said, Did anybody hear
1: that? Yeah. (laughs) Because I heard it. A friend of mine who was on the show, hers hers broke, Christina Grants. I don't know if she's also Christina. Yeah, I love
0: Christina.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she was, it was so painful. Not that day, not even I think the day after. Yeah. But then the day after that night, she was like, oh, pain, pain. It was just months, 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 months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bone that can only be manipulated manually. You can go in anally and have it done. Um, um, or uh, you fun. can have it, That yeah. <laughs> sounds like a
1: great time.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Um, or, uh, well, you do have, you know, a lot of sensory organs for some people. It could be fun. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, that's true, true, too. true. Um, just from an anatomical perspective, but, um, or you can have it done, uh, manipulated with an osteopath. And I'm so lucky that my father-in-law is an osteopath uh, and he came and it was the only time I had had an osteopathic treatment that I actually felt. Because I could Ugh. actually feel the bones starting to move back into wow. place. Wow. Yeah. And that was amazing. So I was really, thank really God. lucky. Yeah. Thank Ugh. God. Yeah. But I had, you know, I had her. And then after I had her, um, it was like a 24 hour experience. And, you know, the midwife left and my doula left and my husband and I were laying with her and, you know, he fell asleep because we were up all night and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I had yeah. so much, I mean, the wave of hormones start to come in. So I got up and I cooked. I went into the kitchen and I just started cooking because I love to cook.
1: yeah, and
0: I was like, well, I haven't eaten <laughs> really in a while. Yeah. And yeah I was just by myself cooking, you know, and wow, yeah, it was wild. But when she came out, can
1: I ask what you cooked?
0: I think I, I don't even remember. I, I don't remember. I'm going to say I think I was <laughs> with okay. vegetables, but I remember. Mm. Um, but when she came out and I picked her up and I looked at her and I looked at my husband and I said, oh, fuck.
1: And yeah. I
0: said, what? And I said, she's really angry. Oh. It, I knew it Im- immediately. Wow. And she looked at me with the most uh, skeptic face of, I don't know if I can trust you. I'm not Mm. sure. And from, you know, that is absolutely who she is, 100%. That is who she is. And so, so much of our journey has been about learning how to create a space that she feels safe in within Mm. this container, and that she feels that she can trust us. And it has taken, I think we're just starting to create that space for her. It has taken so long. and. She's like half of a foot in of thinking, OK, I'm safe.
1: So you're cooking your daughter that she's just now you just you feel like she's turning a corner on yeah. trust.
0: Yeah, that she feels that she's being heard, you know, yeah. it's so very difficult because when you're so little. So she she used to tantrum every single day for an hour.
1: My son did, too, after his second nap. Really, really. He'd wake up and I just would be like, I mean, I remember I, I did Rye. I don't know if you know Rye. Yes, it's oh, a, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and for listeners, that's, um, Rye stands for Resources for Inch- Infant Educarers. And it's I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's funny. I haven't really talked about it that much in the show, I guess because yeah. he's older now. But anyway, my Rye teacher, uh, Wendy, I'd call her and just be like, and she said, just tell him he's safe, keep his body safe from hitting his head or anything, and just say, it's okay to feel your feelings. I love you, and I would do that. Yeah, for an hour yeah. after he woke up from every single afternoon nap. Yeah, and it was just part of his process, man. Yeah. I don't know, but now talking to you, I'm like, he must. His body must have been releasing old. What's it called? Epigenetic. Epigenetic trauma. Trauma. Yeah, because I so believe in having done S factor and all yeah. these things that. That's where it comes out. It's just emotions that come out physically that need to. So
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So she would do that too.
0: Oh yeah, and it went on and on and on. I mean, for years. Oh. So it was, uh, you know, it. His was, was three years too. His was three years. Yeah. Yeah. So Maisie started when she was about two. Is when she started tantruming to that degree every day for yeah. an hour, and then sometimes yeah. it was twice a day, and then, um, and then around for she, it became like every other day and then it became you know every couple of days and yeah. then it was kind of every week yeah um but still very there and she also every single day that's still, fun yeah. to parent with that's yeah. awesome yeah and it's not it's not the like <laughs> i have my son is like that too yeah yeah it's, not it's not like he's just strong. like no i'm not
1: it's i'm not gonna do that mom it's my body and it's partly because i did the rye and get yeah. empowered him so much and he's like <laughs> no, no, you're not hearing me. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, are you nine? Or are you 29? <laughs> yeah. So sorry. I keep interrupting. No, you, just because no. I'm relating to what you're yeah, saying.
0: I'm, I'm thrilled to have somebody so- <laughs> who relates <laughs> to it.
1: So I'm sorry. So she's, she's willful.
0: She is beyond yeah. willful. I mean, she is, <laughs> it, she's outside of all of the boxes outside of all. I mean, we've been to therapists, we've been, we've, you know, tried to see if there was a diagnosis, like we've done all sure. different kinds of things. And and it is every step of the way all day long. It's like when you have to brush mm. your teeth, when you have to get ready for oh, school, yeah. when you have oh. to like, it doesn't matter what it is. If we and, said, and, oh, let's go so to Disneyland. Exhausting. Yeah. If we said, let's yeah. go to Disneyland, she'd be like, I don't want to go to Disneyland. I want yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. yeah. Yeah. So it's a struggle every, you know. But
1: I do think those things, I mean, the way I've had to look at it with my kid, because he can really be like that. He's gotten a little softer now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he's almost 10 mm-hmm. or but it was so hard for me, like when the therapist who I love we had an amazing therapist for him in third grade when he was having the panic attacks. She was like, try a star chart. And I was like, Allison, I love you. <laughs> a star chart when he's losing his mind, not an option. Yeah. Not an option. It's like a star chart. He's like, fuck off. I don't want a fucking star. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm yeah. not gonna do what you're asking me to do. And it's just, but I'm hoping, hoping that what that means for him. And also for your daughter is yeah. that he has such a strong sense of self. Yes. That when he's faced with choices as a teenager and a young adult and an yes. adult, he can go to his body and go, mm, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Line absolutely. of Coke. Or yeah. sleep with that girl that, you know, is whatever. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully, Maisie will be in the most positive light, telling a lot of people what to do in the best case scenario. Yes. <laughs> yes. Know? She'll be a leader. She'll yeah. be a leader. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
1: You're about to get pregnant with your second child. You have this tantruming toddler. Mm-hmm. You have a full practice and a husband. How did you take care of yourself during that time emotionally? How did you cope with this?
0: You know, just like I've heard you speak also to not knowing that you had you know, anything postpartum, postpartum until mm-hmm. a few years after, Yeah, you know, and I was so wrapped up in all of that too, and trying to navigate whatever I thought balance I could do. I was blind to the fact that I was having postpartum anxiety, um, which I absolutely yeah. had. But my saving grace is my work. And because mm-hmm. my work is about assisting other people Mm. through, you know, over the threshold of their own anxiety that I when I'm in that environment with them and I would have multiple clients a day, it helped to reset me. Now, it's Mm. not that I would have to go right back in. I remember both my husband and I would talk about sitting in the car before walking through the door and coming back home. Bracing yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I'm not, I can't. (laughs) Okay. I've got to go. I got to go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, one thing that I teach that I'm so incredibly, one of the more passionate things that I am. About about teaching is about diaphragmatic manipulation and downregulating the nervous system, and that, as far as I'm concerned, if that were the only thing that I ever taught any of my clients, I could walk away feeling like a lot has been done here and a life has been changed. It's basically about teaching people how to manipulate the diaphragm, which is the hub of your nervous system. It's a piece of the hub of the nervous system. The other being the enteric system, the gut. Okay, And when you learn how to soften the diaphragm, the diaphragm constricts when you start having panic attacks or when you have anxiety in any way. So when the diaphragm begins to constrict and get tight, you can no longer take a full deep breath. So when people come over to you and they say like you're in the middle of something, take a deep breath, you physically cannot really take a deep breath because the diaphragm is constricting you from doing so. Wow. So, you can manipulate it using. We use these. Um, I'm a yoga tune up teacher, and we have these uh, balls. I have, I have one right here. You can't, your people can't see it, but it's like a squishy, pliable, mm. um, little less uh, size of a soccer ball kind of thing that can grip onto the skin, the surface of the skin, and then begin to manipulate the tissue that's underneath it. Okay. So you are talking to the the diaphragm, which is then talking to also the enteric system, the lining of the gut, which is where 90% of our serotonin is created, right? Which is about our nervous system moving into rest and digest. When people are stressed, the enteric system, peristalsis stops for the most part. For some people, they get very constipated. For some people, they go the opposite direction, right? And have Mm. diarrhea, Mm. but you Mm. get IBS, you get um, heart palpitations, you get sweating, you know, all these different sort of factors come up. And when you manipulate the tissue, you're stimulating something called the vagus nerve, the mm. vagus nerve
1: runs it sounds from- like it has gold sequins uh, and yeah.
0: <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> yeah because the reason why it's called the vagus nerve is because it wanders
1: it goes uh. from place to place to place
0: it's also known as cranial x the nerve cranial x so oh, it goes okay. from the brain and it, it innervates all of your internal organs except for your adrenals um, wow. and it is the highway of your nervous system, of your your ability to downregulate. So it goes through the diaphragm and it talks to the enteric system, to the gut. And if you stimulate it, you will manipulate your body to be in rest and digest. And it's very simple to do and you can do it in five minutes and move on with your day. And not only can you learn how to manage panic attacks, you can deal then with asthmatic you know, symptoms, because when you have an asthmatic attack, the diaphragm constricts, right?
1: Right, and, right. And
0: yeah, stalls out. And I mean, it goes it goes on and on and on. It also has to do with your immune system, because your every time your diaphragm uh, moves, it also is building your immune cells. And so if you can get it to move through its maximum range, you can build stronger immunity for your body. You know, it's really like I said, it, it goes on and on. I mean, there's so much that. It,
1: wow, that is phenomenal. And this is just one of the tools that you use in your practice, that's right. but it is it's a central one. It sounds like it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: it is. It's also, you know, if you if you're someone who's ever dealt with eating disorders, I was bulimic for 15 years of my life. And so I had to. Move through the trauma of that physical trauma that I created internally for myself and also the the emotional why I was doing it, what I was really hungry for in my life and what I was trying to control and, you know, all of those different things. But and the relationship, especially for women, the relationship that women have with their abdomens, especially coming from Los Angeles. And being a mom and what that the beautiful changes that a parent that a mother goes through and the rejection that most mothers feel about their bodies having gone through that tunnel, which is your body is supposed to change. It's supposed to. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And learning how to love oneself, you know, through that, through that conversation of getting to know your tissues by actually palpating them and touching them. And Mm. very often when you start doing that work, you will not you will be very surprised at what kind of surfaces. And you may not even know that you're holding tension in your body until you start touching yourself, you know, using these kind of therapy modules. And then you realize, oh, my God, I was way outside of my body, you know, in a different planet. And it brings you back home. It just yeah. brings you home.
1: that's so important and profound and for it to be so accessible. That's what i yes. that's what I, that's the word I was looking for. Now, do you use this on your children? Yes,
0: but especially well. Griffin's still pretty little. He's just a sprite of a, of a boy and he's kind of on another planet all the time. Mm. So meaning that he's kind of like in the ether and isn't, um, isn't really minding, you know, paying attention to what mommy's doing with balls so much, you know, like he sees me climb my pole in my house and that he loves, you know.
1: Um,
0: And my daughter, I've tried to get to use the balls for a long time. And because we have different sizes for different things, and she has neck issues. And this is fascinating. It's a total (laughs) offshoot here, but
1: oh, yeah, I love offshoots. I live for offshoots. (laughs) That's my favorite thing. Tangents and offshoots, yeah. bring them on.
0: I was a competitive gymnast for about 8 years ah. and when I was probably I'm not I think it started somewhere around 9. I'm not 100% sure, but I started cracking my neck and I had these like kind of OCD patterns of like I would have to Roll my wrist four times. Four is my number.
1: <laughs> so uh-huh. Okay. I would have
0: to roll my wrist four times, and I have to roll my ankles four times, and I have to crack my neck four times. You know, it's this bizarre like sure series that I had to go through before I would vault. And I don't know where it came from. I didn't see it anywhere. I don't know where yeah. it came from. Um, my daughter started cracking her neck at the age of seven. And the way wow. that I did, and I, I was blown away. Now, we have something called mirror neurons, where we that is why you see children mimic the gait of their parent, like how they mm-hmm. walk. And you will see, mm-hmm. like, wow, well, they walk just the same. It's not necessarily just because they have the same bone structure, it's because we have neurons that say, oh, this is the way to move. And this is the person right. that you see the most, right? Right. So very possible that she has seen me do it, even though I don't do it like I used to at all. Right. So uh, right. but it's fascinating. So anyway, I gave her these little balls to try and use. And because she's so resistant to anything that I would ever possibly say, <laughs> I just had to leave them. I just yeah. had to leave them there and someday yeah. kind of hope that she might say, OK, I'm going to pick them up. And she just started picking them up.
1: To use. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: And it's helping her. So that's great.
1: Wow. And so I mean, I have a thousand questions that we, we're gonna have to do another whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and do you ever come to LA? Uh,
0: once a month to visit? Mm-hmm. Once okay. a month I come okay. back to teach clients. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. Well, next time you're here, let's have coffee or yeah. lunch or something. I'm coming so- on the
0: ninth.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna bug you then. So now you have a practice in Portland doing this. You're you're kind of shaking your head. (laughs) My my practice is really
0: in Los Angeles. So I Skype with my clients. I Skype with clients clients. while I'm here in Portland. And then I come back once a month and I plug in with them in person. And I'm unbelievably humbled and grateful I can't believe it that wasn't the plan you know at all I thought I was walking away from everybody and I was devastated by that yeah um, because I love them and it's not like there aren't more people for me to love um you know in another place but uh I didn't know But it's an intimate I would
1: imagine it's a very intimate like any kind of therapeutic you know um my god this dog is hysterical he just (laughs) he never gets on the table like this yeah He's like, I know she's getting a puppy and I just want to show her what she's in for. Just craziness, but it's so yummy. So yummy. Sorry. No, me talk okay. about tangents. Yeah. I'm the worst. I am the worst. Oh God. I'll just go. People be like, Well, weren't we it. talking about this? I'm like, oh, yes, we were. And I completely derailed us. <laughs> so, oh, any intimate therapy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a deep trust that has to happen over time and so it's wonderful that you're able to continue with them
0: yeah it's amazing they wanted to yeah it was really amazing to me yeah
1: that's so great so while you're in portland how are you because you said that your work really nourishes you and resets you yeah you are able to do it through skype but on the three weeks out of the month that you're not able to come down to la how do you kind of tune into that piece of yourself
0: Yeah. You know, well, my, the metamorphosis that I went through was really about starting to create an online uh, program for the erotic movement for women. And so, so right now I'm in that gestation period and being nourished just by the creativity and everything that's kind of coming up around creating that platform and so yes this
1: is so exciting oh my god tell me can you tell me more or is it like i mean
0: it's still very much in its infancy you know i mean okay um i'm in the process of building it and so it is a combination of the therapy ball work in conjunction with the erotic movement and all i mean you know the language because you've been doing it also for years you know um, but it is my, that movement is, it saved my life beyond yeah, anything too. that I have ever done. And I've been involved in so many different physical, you know, yeah. expressions. And, you know, anytime I find something that I am passionate about, I scream it from the mountaintops and I share it. And I'm so excited for anybody to do it, you know, and I resisted yeah. teaching it for so long. You know, I've been doing it for about 15 years and I kept being asked, like, or oh, when are you gonna teach? Are you gonna teach? And I'm like, nope, this is just for me. I'm not gonna teach it. I know yeah. I teach already. Yeah. I do all this other totally. stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and then it was I have to, like, and it felt mm-hmm. as though it were happening kind of to me, through me, that I, mm-hmm. I just had to do it. And and that's also been part of, you know, the really interesting trajectory of being here in Portland and And navigating what all of that meant, even within my own marriage, because it's very vulnerable and and vulnerable. I can do it in class with my sisters, you know, my girls all day long. But when I start making it public and I've been doing it for years, and I've been talking about it for years and all of that. But now that I start to share it all publicly, my husband has to go through his own vulnerable experience of oh my god my wife is being seen on another level and what are people are going to think about this and and sure. it's so triggering it is so sure. incredibly triggering and it's a beautiful conversation to have and it's why it's another reason why I want to do it because it yeah. has to continue that conversation must continue
1: yeah. in
0: order for the the emergence or reemergence of the feminine you know yes
1: Yes. so it's
0: it's about creating this platform so women can do it from the privacy of their own homes who are a little nervous to go out into a classroom to even do it like I couldn't even do I can't do that you know in a class yeah. yeah and maybe they will touch it you know in the privacy of their own home and close their door and and start to explore and and really it's all about eradicating body shame and and finding what turns you on in life and it's so separate it is separate from one's Sex life, although it can yeah. cross over, of course, sure. we'll have sure. yeah, but it is a is really just about being turned on in your own life and how yes, yeah, how do you stay plugged in? And that's how I stay plugged in is I do yeah. that movement and and the whole world changes yeah. when I do that movement. You know, oh, it's
1: it's so therapeutic. I hit my head in class. I've shared about this in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I hit my head in class uh, in January. I didn't go back until, I don't know, two months later, and just recently. Yeah. And I hadn't danced in class in like over eight weeks. And it was so, first of all, I mean, like my sisters in the classroom like did a campfire, which in mm-hmm. the classroom for the listeners, that means we sit in a circle around the pole and give the dancer space but it's a way to support and and witness the person dancing and 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 moving through this movement and i just felt so vulnerable doing that for the first times in 8 weeks after this massive head injury mm-hmm. um and everything that followed emotionally for me after my friend's death and It was. I felt like a mil. I didn't know how I was going to feel at the end of it. I was Mm -hmm. like, I might burst into tears. I mean, I don't know. I'm prepared for whatever because I've been doing this luckily long enough. I don't know what my body is going to express. And I felt powerful. I felt supported. I felt seen. I felt strong. Mm -hmm. I felt energized. And I mean, I just left there feeling like a million dollars. It was so good. And then a couple days later, I went through something hard. I went through a little bit of a heartbreak and I remember calling Mercedes who's my you know, yeah. my teacher and she said, "Babe, I want you to put on a playlist of like three songs tonight and I want you to just move through this emotion." And I hadn't done the movement in my home in a really long time. I just don't take the time to do that for whatever reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Again, like cuz it was a week after that had ha- I'd been to- back to class, just using the movement and the language of the movement that I have already in me was again, just so I needed to let that stuff move through my body. And I think it's easy to think because we're such a thinking society and everything we do is very thought oriented and social media being on our phones, it's like eyes to finger to brain to, you know, it's just sedentary. And But it, there is magic that happens when we move this stuff, move this emotions through these emotions through and out of our bodies, just as for me in my work. When you put pen to paper or when you start creating words and stories, yours or, you know, I mean, they're all yours, but, like, magic happens. It's just magical. And it's all expression. Anyway, now now I'm going off on a massive tangent. But, yeah, I love that. um, And I love that you have a pole in your house.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, is there
1: a studio up there that you can go to and have a community mm-hmm. or?
0: No, you know, there's one. I don't know if you know who Brenda Munson is. Um, she That sounds familiar. She, she's in the San Francisco uh, S-Factor okay. group and she uh, doesn't have poles, but she has a space. She teaches something also called liquid motion. Um, okay, Let's cool. hear it. She just started doing that. But there really isn't, you know, you can speak to the fact that, you know, S-Factor in particular is very um, special in yeah. the community that it, that exists there. And so when you very often, my experience of going to many other pole places is that it's all performance-based um, yes. and it's a very different.
1: Yeah. It's be like than- five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. It's kind of like, and you're like, wait, Oh my yeah. God, why are we doing
0: yeah. what? Yeah. It's
1: not, it's not organically led through That's each right. individual person's body. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah.
0: not, it doesn't exist so much here, but she is doing something here, which is cool. great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I luckily, wow. you know, I, because I come back to LA every month, I get to plug in back with my my girls Yay. once a month, which is
1: great. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, let's do that. Let me know. I mean, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. And I'll tag along and then we can, you know, whoever you want of us, we can all go have some food and nice. Yeah. doesn't that sound nice? That I would always love to nice. connect with you in that way. Yeah, me too. So I can't wait for this platform to come out. Yeah, is, this, is there a timeline for this or is there a way we can?
0: I don't know. So right now, I mean, I have a working title for it as I'm building because I, you know, naming something is quite difficult yeah. finding. I mean, you probably find that within your writing as well. Yes. And um, so currently, you know, my working title is My Pilot Light. Dot com
1: mm. and
0: but it will all be linked to I have a website which is tcgyoga.com TCG are my initials which are
1: in the show notes on my website so if after you listen to this you can go there and then you can click on Tiffany's website and learn and read more about her and go on her um, social media and stuff and follow her so you can stay abreast as it were <laughs> <Yeah>. of, of <laughs> this uh creation okay so you're gonna look at this tale that just oh. came up <laughs> Tail, you guys can't say it, but I like just the whole screen came with tail. It's <laughs> my life. Okay, so you're you're building, you're building, yeah. you're birthing it, you're yeah, birthing, birthing it, right now. it Currently, yeah, um, yeah. Oh my God, I can't wait. Me too. <laughs> I can't wait. You know what I'm wondering is there? Because I saw some of these pictures on your website, like, and, and we'll get some of them probably for the promo. I'm wondering if you can do like a little tiny video for my listeners and for like my newsletter. I would love to have if you, or if you already have something in your arsenal, yeah. that's like you on the ball, yes, you yeah. know, and just talking about that, because I think it's so, like you said, if, if you can give that tool or even just a tiny bit of that tool. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And cool. the
0: website, you know, that I'm building will have, um, it has little, uh, different increments. So you can find a video, a ball video that's like five minutes or one that's like 10 minutes that will target specific areas of the body. And then you take that once you've talk to that tissue and free to especially as somebody who is working with poles right if you are are actually a pole dancer um, or anything i mean i'm also i use weights and things like that too i love hit training and i use my body in various ways but anytime you're overusing tissues you want to to work with the connected tissue to release it so you can have full range of motion and release Mm -hmm. any repetitive stress and then when you do the dancing piece portions you have much more freedom in your your body's ability Mm. to be able to express itself right Mm. you can you can reach you know keep reaching kind of beyond so they Mm. work hand in hand but yeah absolutely i would love to to give you a little snippet to to yeah let's do that i think
1: i think my people listening would love that and just to try it and like you said i love it makes so much sense to do that in the privacy of your own home, mm-hmm. without you know fear of—I mean, it's so funny. Like I've had many um, friends come with me. They want to come. They want to come. I want to do the pole dance event, and then they get there and they're like, "Oh fuck! Oh my god, this is so scary! Oh my, yeah. god, oh, my god!" And no matter how much I reassure them, I'm like, "Look, every woman in there is just like you. We're all just women." Yeah. You're not going into a strip club. Yeah. You're not going into a, a studio with mirrors and bright lights. Nobody's going to be evaluating mm-hmm. your body fat index. You know, this is all about just closing your eyes and going inward. And um, but there's a lot of fear around it because it is, is yeah. very intimate and vulnerable. Yeah. So I love that you're doing this mm, and I will support you. you in every way possible. Thank I think it's awesome. You. Awesome. You know, I awesome. Fell,
0: I fell in love with women in a whole nother way when I started S Factor because that it is it's a sea of women, all shapes, all sizes, all different backgrounds. And when you become a witness to the all these women who you think when they're moving, they are unbelievably confident, right? And then you find out later, after having conversations with them, that they were terrified, you know, every yeah. time or whatever yeah. it is. But I remember just thinking, like, how could any woman not think that she was stunning? How can any woman walk around this yeah. world and think that she is not this unbelievable creature? I know.
1: I know. And it's because we've been taught to look at ourselves through the mirror of magazine covers and messaging and ads and billboards. And it's just it's and it's untraining that that a, it takes a lot of time and and willingness and continuity, Mm -hmm. but I think also we're doing it with our kids. So hopefully we're changing that, Mm -hmm. you know, for the future. And I've told I've said this on the on the podcast before, but there's this billboard in LA. It's always changing, but there's a billboard advertisement for a wet Republic in Vegas, mm-hmm. the Vegas nerve to bring it yes. back to Vegas, sequins and heels. <laughs> and it's always got like 30 gorgeous young women in bikinis with beautiful, perfect tan bodies mm-hmm. and perfect, perfect, perfect. And then, and then there's one guy in the background with sunglasses and a t-shirt on. And I'm like, Okay, that's weird, first of all. And then there was one recently where there were the girls were in a tank, like an army tank, mm-hmm. and the army tank was spraying champagne out of it. And they were holding champagne, and the dude was just standing there with his, mm-hmm. and my son goes, he said, what, what is that about? Like, what is, what is that ad for? Oh, and I said, oh, it's a hotel. Blah, blah. And he goes, why are the girls in a tank? And why are they wearing bikinis? Like, if they were, because he's obsessed with World War II, and uh, history, yeah. he's a history buff. He's like, that doesn't make sense. If they were in the army, they wouldn't be. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. And yeah. then so we thought had a whole other conversation oh, about sexualization, you know, and, and um objectification. And he goes, that's stupid. Like they should be swimming in a pool with their swimsuit. Like he couldn't, and he's nine. So he's starting to hear and see and experience yeah. more of that. But from his point of view, it was just so absurd. And it's like, it is absurd. It, it is absurd. Yeah. You know, like you said, as women birthing babies, our bodies are going to go through massive changes internally, externally, spiritually, metaphysically, all these things. And yet we expect it's like, oh, look, I dropped the baby weight. Like I had this thing. Now I'm going on a rant, but Let's I'm going to finish. This is my yeah. last thought. I was asking a bunch of questions on my Instagram poll. I do that occasionally. And it was like, what, what are you struggling with right now? And I can't even tell you how many women responded. To- <laughs> this breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. New moms, brand new moms, mm-hmm. new to, new to motherhood. Trying to balance milk production and losing all my baby weight at the same time. And I wanted to cry because I just wanted to wrap my arms around them and say, honey, mm-mm, someone told you a lie. That is, you don't have to lose anything. You just, you know, you receive the bounty of this beautiful thing that you created and that you are. Yeah. But we've been taught this lie of like, oh, you're fat. You got to, you know, lose the weight and you or you won't be sexy again. And it, it's just like maddening. And that's part of why I chose the acronym MILF for the podcast, because mm-hmm. it's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like- yeah.
0: And there's such a, you know, God, there was an article that was just written recently that is so beautiful, um, geared towards men. Um, around the, you know, we need this bridge between the Me Too movement, you know, and and where men have been for years, and they don't know how to get to the other side. Yeah. There's no map for them.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, my husband went through so much around confronting. Where did he show up within all of that over the years? And he's like an an incredibly sensitive present human being who, you know, was raised meditating twice a day from like the day he was born, you know, he's he's incredible. And he had to go through his own process of like, seeing where he was misinformed and what he believed, you know, himself and It's, God, it's, there's so much more work to be done. And and I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that he is a support of what I'm doing, although it is triggering Mm -hmm. him left and right, but he knows it's right. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep going back in, you know, over and over again, the more vulnerable, like certain things that I write, you know, and (laughs) that I'm so grateful for. But this is also another tangent, but we had just, uh, we just had spring break with the kids and we exposed them to a couple of new films. Our kids don't really watch screens as much. So Um, It's a very slow process of exposing Mm. them, but they are into Star Wars and they just saw Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, we're watching it and there's this moment of just Princess Leia coming in and Billy Dee Williams is like, hey, hey," you know, like Yeah, totally. And I look at my husband and he just kind of looks at me and he's like, I didn't even realize that. Yeah,
1: because we don't remember. You don't remember it.
0: And he's like, I remember, he said, I remember when I was a kid thinking like, that doesn't feel so good. And he's like, but now it feels Mm. even
1: worse. And I'm like, yeah, 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 Yeah. it's crazy. I know. Yeah, we do have a long way to go, but I do think we've come further because I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch my son's really into 80s movies, too. And Mm. we'll watch like, (laughs) I'm going to just say it because I'm like, I'm embarrassed that not embarrassed, not embarrassed. That's not the right word. You, I admire that you don't let your kids watch that much screen time because I let my kid watch an insane amount of screen. Yeah, time. yeah. like in, it's, you're also it's, a
0: single parent, and well, I you're generous. You're being no, generous. However,
1: oh
0: my God, no. <laughs> I don't know. Mind is blown by single parents. I,
1: it's well. Here's the thing: yes and no, because and and I'm very fortunate. My and every circumstance is different. I get along so well with my ex-husband mm-hmm. and he is we've come through so much shit mm-hmm. that now we're actually both so much happier and I think, you know, it's it's been a long journey but he has our son like 35% of the time. Yeah. So I have a break. Yeah. I have like a nice solid break where I can go, okay, I'm going to rest. I'm going to regenerate. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna like feed myself, and I'm going to you know get work done, and I finally, after two and a half years of being apart, figured out that balance. And so I do get this break. So that is a luxury of being a single parent that coupled parents don't have, where they can be like, I need three days to myself. Like you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm lucky I get to go to Los Angeles once a month. That's the first. I didn't leave. I never left my kids until basically we moved here. Yeah.
1: But we were talking. We were talking about movies and messaging, and, and my son. You know, I let because I was gonna say I'm embarrassed that I'm gonna say this, but I I'm very honest about all this yeah. because it's just it's all a mess it, every which way you look, and it's okay. It's a beautiful mess, yeah, um, for all of us. But so I let him watch um, Weird Science. Do you remember that oh, movie yeah. with oh, Kelly LeBrock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. She grabbed her boobs when she yeah. said oh, yes. So yeah, Kelly LeBrock, who I mean was so interesting. She's. One of the most beautiful women ever to walk the earth yeah. was beaten by her husband. Yeah, like you know, in in real life. In real life, yeah. Anyway, that's an aside. But it's that movie is. I mean, it's about teenagers, so it's understandable that it's about. But it is so, every reference is a sexual reference. Every reference is a reference to sexualizing a woman or sexually not about sexualizing a man or a boy. It's totally about hot girls this, hot girls that, her boobs, her tits, her, you know, and the young girls feel so, so insecure. Even the two girls that are the hero girls that they want to have as girlfriends, they're very deeply insecure about how they look and how they, you know, and they're going out with these jerky boys at first. And. They look at Kelly LeBrock and they're like, I'll never be that beautiful. And it's just like, wow. Like, I didn't even know I was getting all that messaging. Yeah, yeah. But I absorbed it. Yeah, of course.
0: My mom was a graphic designer and she used to work for a company uh, that made breast implants. And we had breast implants in our freezer because they were used as ice packs. (laughs) They were the perfect ice pack because it's like malleable, right? And it stays cold and it's soft.
1: That makes me so happy. And girl, I could write a whole TV pilot just based on that one seed of information that is so good. Okay, go. Yeah, but yes. I remember we also had, there were also
0: some testicular implants too that we had in there. But I, I remember like I could just slip one in outside (laughs) my bra because I had zero breasts until I was like eighteen. I didn't Uh have I I developed very late in life, and I remember thinking like whispering, "You know, (laughs) like wanting them so desperately." I identify with
1: them. It's so interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the eighties. Well, you're younger than I am, but no, I'm not. But in the eighties. Okay. We're the same exact age. Yeah. Like, yeah in the eighties, like, I just, it was all about Barbie style yeah. body. I yeah. mean, it was, the boobs were everything. And I think that's a little less so now, but I don't know. I don't even really know. Cause I guess I pay attention to different things, but you whispered grow to them. That's adorable. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. So Tiffany, we have come to the portion of the interview where I ask you three questions that I ask every guest, and then we go into a lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What do you think about Tiffany when you hear the word MILF?
0: I think two things. I think I think about myself because my husband says it all the time to me, mm. um, and yeah, and I and it's it's amazing. He has never ever a day in my life made me feel undesirable, which is mm. really incredible.
1: How long have you guys been married uh, or together? Uh,
0: I think we've been married almost 11 years.
1: (laughs) Wow. Congratulations. Um, And together
0: for about 15 years. Wow. And honestly, I think about all of the women that I see who I can tell by the way they are embodying themselves that they don't know that they are. They don't see themselves. And I wish that they did. Mm -hmm. Because I think of MILF as in a very positive light and not in a drug trait, you know? Yes.
1: Awesome. Okay, what's something you've changed your mind about recently?
0: Uh, Making people uncomfortable.
1: Oh, in what sense?
0: I think I have always made people uncomfortable because I was willing and wanting to talk about the big things really young. And I was willing to speak the truth at a really young age. And it makes people very uncomfortable. And so I wanted to talk about it. And then I would talk about it. And then I would feel... Um, shame or fear. I would feel fear that that person would no longer like me, um, want to be near me, um, have anything to do with me. And it took me a very long time to get to the place where I was comfortable in the act of of bringing something to light, even if it made them uncomfortable, that that was more important was to speak to the truth of something. Mm. And same with the erotic movement, because... It's the same thing. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable, um, especially if they know me very well. And all of a sudden they're seen they never think of me in an erotic sense necessarily. And so- yeah. Now they're like, ah, I don't, I can't unsee that. I don't know what to do with it, you know? And I'm okay with it because whatever it triggers in you is your shit. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm good, I'm good in me. It's wherever you're standing, it's a reflection. And so I am now okay with standing in that very uncomfortable place, you know?
1: Awesome. How do you define success?
0: I think, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was joy. Um, But I honestly, I think, underneath that and really where joy comes from is from presence from being present and Mm. the more present I can be moment to moment to moment is the greatest success that I could have because if I can be unbelievably present for my daughter when she's experiencing you know the throes of anxiety or whatever she's handling or I can be very present with my client who's in front of me or my husband or even myself, you know, in that moment of what does, what do I really need in this moment and not trying to mask it with um, a food or drink or um, uh, something to distract myself from being present because sometimes being present is Mm. uncomfortable. Mm. Um, But when we are present in the day to day, your life becomes so much more vivid Beautiful and tasty, you know?
1: Yeah. All right. Lightning round, girl. You ready?
0: Okay. We'll see. I'm not so fast. I like tangents.
1: (laughs) Ocean or desert?
0: Oh, ocean. Does anybody pick desert? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Ocean next to the forest in Big Sur.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Favorite junk food?
0: Pizza and ice cream. Mm.
1: Both. Movies or Broadway show? Movies. Daytime sex or nighttime sex?
0: It used to be nighttime, now it's daytime.
1: Texting or talking? Talking. It sounded like yeah. you were gonna say more. <laughs> talking. <laughs>
0: talking. But, but I really... text more than I talk. Uh, yeah, That's my exactly. answer. That's yeah, my answer. I'm projecting. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cat yeah. person or dog person?
0: Newly a dog person. Eee! Yeah.
1: Have you ever worn a unitard?
0: Yes, and it was a problem. <laughs> what was why was it a problem? Because when I was a competitive gymnast, I uh. had this silver unitard with a pink uh. belt.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. And
0: I wore it. <laughs> so as when you're a competitive gymnast, you're at the gym every single day for like sure. 4 hours a day, sure. right? And I was obsessed with that unitard. So I wore it like every day and all my teammates were like, uh, <laughs> I think that, I don't think you should be wearing that every day. I think it smells. I think I, <laughs> and I was like, no, I have a second one. I got a second one so I can switch them <laughs> on and off. And did
1: you have a second yes,
0: one? Yes, I did have a second <laughs> one. I did. I loved it.
1: <laughs> I love it. We may need to dig up a picture of you in that <laughs> unitard if we can find it. Shower or bathtub?
0: Oh, God. Both all of the time with the door locked. Yes.
1: Yes. Ice cream or chocolate? Ice cream. What flavor?
0: Either salted caramel or mint chip. No, actually, it's peppermint. That's really my all-time favorite. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong?
0: With my kids, I'm like a 10. With with my husband, I'm probably like a four. (laughs)
1: Nice. If you could push a button and have perfect skin for the rest of your life, but it would also give you incurable halitosis for the rest of your life, would you push it? No. Superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength? Fly. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone nope. is or a third eye? <laughs> you going with a third eye?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for sure. And I also think, God, how beautiful, honestly, a third eye would be. I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's yeah, I think it's and your
1: tailbone's me. been through enough. Let's be honest. What was the name of your first pet?
0: Frisky was the name. Oh shit, girl!
1: <laughs> and what?
0: That was the first animal I named was Frisky. Of
1: course, it was Tiffany. And what was the name of the street you grew up on?
0: Uh, my first street was Bryn. My second street was Toltec. So, so it depends on if California or Wisconsin. Wait, say
1: the first street again.
0: Bryn. Br- B-R-Y-N.
1: Frisky Bryn? Frisky Bryn. That's some good shit That's right good. there. Frisky Bryn. Maybe that
0: Brin. Should be the name of my...
1: <laughs> I think it could be. <laughs> I think it certainly could be. Frisky Bryn movement. She's got a little bit of Ice Queen and a little bit of, like, come hither. Uh-huh. <laughs> and lay your belly on my ball. <laughs> <Balls>. <laughs> she might be sort of English or Scandinavian. I don't know. She's a mystery. <laughs> Tiffany, you are such a joy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh,
0: Thank you so much. You know, I just want a presence too that you, you know, the space that you hold for, for personal chaos is so beautiful. I don't know if that ma- that translates, but you know, the, the, overarching acceptance for where everybody stands, you know, wherever, whatever mess they are in the midst of to be able to hold a home for that is so unbelievably beautiful, you know, to mm. remind everybody that it's all okay and, yeah. and it's all messy yeah. for all of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. So thank, thank, you thank you so
1: much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And, um, I can't wait to see you when you come to LA. Yay! Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tiffany. Next week, join me as I welcome entrepreneur and founder of Petal Beverages, Candace Crane to the show. Have a great week, guys. I love you. Keep going.